My name is uh, Knut Peterson. Justin, thank you very much for having the courage to come here and speak up on behalf of your countrymen back in Sudan. My question to you would be, how do we, how really can we help in this part of the world to because sending money is not always the answer, of course, and it's certainly not in the long run. Education and clean water, these kind of things are obviously most important, and food. But what can we do to make a lasting impact on the lives of your home country? Uh, thank you for asking very beautiful question. Uh, as we know, I mentioned before that same people have a lot of problems and the question now comes, what can we do? How can we help? I think the only way we can help, not only because of with money, like for us we create these uh, programs so that we can make the connection between Canada and back to Sudan. We need also like the people who can give their times to support like volunteer, to support people there too. Those kind of support, this is what we need. And uh, concerning like education and uh, water, it is really, really very difficult because the people need clean water to get a good life and a good education. If we can get support, any group who feel that they can do some part of it, they are welcome. Because we need like, if we can take some school supply, or maybe get a building for them, or something, which can make the difference in their life. I don't know if that answers your question. Hi, my name is Francis Schultz. Um, we had Stephen Lewis here last month talking about some of the problems in Africa, and one of the things that he talked about was the fact that now people have to pay for getting their education. My question is, those children that you photographed, do their parents have to pay a fee for their children to be educated? Yeah, those children, yes, they have to pay something. But mostly now, at a time when I go there, that is the time when they returned from uh, Uganda and Kenya back, and the people who are giving them support are just a volunteer groups. And I, they are not yet settled where they have a good class and this and that. They have to pay something to attend the classes. I mean, that's, that's a real concern because education is obviously going to be so important in this process. And if some of the money that, that could also help to buy food for the family has to, has to instead be spent for them to get an education, it's really hard to make those decisions which way the money goes. Oh, thank, you. thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Justin, uh, my name is Van Christou. Uh, thank you so much for coming to speak to us today, Justin. Um, 
From your talk, uh, you in your talk you mentioned the United Nations and the uh, the help they they'd given to the refugees from from uh, the Sudan. Um, can you tell us um, what the response is uh, to the returning people that are going back to the Sudan from the the, the various uh, refugee camps? Um, what is the response of the United Nations to these people when when uh, they show clearly the, the, prob the, the urgent need for help uh, immediately in order to stay alive? Uh, the response for UN to the people, you know, the one thing, because I, when I was there, I asked also this question. I said, at a time when the UN came to ask you people that you're supposed to go back to your own country, now, what did they promise to do in order to help you when you go there, because you have nothing. They told me that these people, they are going to, UN are going to build a, the road for them, the schools, and a clinic, and a clean water. But at a time when people reach the country, they have nothing. UN give them just one, I don't know, like, I don't know, maybe 50 pound of the grain per passion, that is it. And no more UN appearing, nothing. They just, they were left there and no other support. Uh, I'm Charlie Luca. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about the reason for the war and the fighting there? I, I understand this war between the north and the south. And are you also affected by the fighting in northwestern Uganda? That was quite difficult there. Yeah, really, that part, the reason of war in Sudan, I was born also at a time when the war was there. And because it started a long time ago, uh, really, it is a, I don't know exactly, it is a politically. Because like, southern Sudan need to be by themselves. Northern Sudan don't want that. Oil also is there, this and that, the resources. And there are so many things going on. To figure out what is exactly why people are fighting for, it is really very difficult for the ordinary people. The only people who know it better, it is a politician. Because they are the one planning for all those things. And uh, for the example, like you mentioned, uh, the war in northern Uganda. Uh, that up, it is happening like, because I'm from Acholi. Also, it is my area whereby the Lord just registered army. Yes, really, they kill a lot of people, and also they did a lot of damage to the face of people. They cut the ear, leaves out, and now uh, it is really not to explain it. I don't know. It is really very difficult. The people are really in bad condition because of all this war there. Uh, my name is Lisa Lambert. Last week we had um, MP Rick Casson speak to us, and one of the statements that he made, he was speaking about the war in Afghanistan and Canada's role there. He said that Canada needed to be active in failed states. Do you see a role for Canada as a nation in the Sudan? Should we be there in a military capacity, or is there an aid and development capacity that we should be um, stepping up to? 
Yeah, your question is really, really, really very nice. You know, let me go back before I came here. I lived in a refugee camp for almost 15 years. And after that, I came here. When I came here, I learned a lot. How Canadians, uh, the way how Canadians are living. And why today I can see bad things and good things. You know, Canadians, they really live the way that if all the world can live the way how Canadians live, it is really, the system is really very good. I feel that the Canadian government, if there is any possibility, the leadership, or showing how people are supposed to be together without fighting this and that, no discrimination and this and that, it is good for them to go and participate like humanitarian, because like right now, military, I don't see there's a big need of military over there, but to support the local people, to take some programs, I think it is good for Canadian government or the organization to go over there to show their leadership, the one they are doing like in the UN, every part of the, like the peace giving, they're the one doing. I think it is important for the Canadian government or the organization to go and participate in Sudan to make the world better, or Southern Sudan better place to live. Knut Peterson is my name. Uh, Justin, since uh, money is uh, the root of most evils, could you maybe relate to where the oil a lot of oil is in southern Sudan. How does that play into the conflict that was there and, and still play, probably plays a role in what's going on? Obviously, that money is not filtering down to the people who live there. Uh, could you explain what, what you think is happening to the money that is being made from this oil? Yep. Uh, on the base of my knowledge, what I know, what I had, because this one go back to what I mentioned before that it is a politician, the politics is playing a lot of roles. There's a lot of oil in, uh, in Sudan, I mean in general. And uh, those who are drilling the oil, it is a northern, northern Sudan government. And uh, what they're doing with the money, we don't know. But what we know, during all this war, they're drilling oil, but the war is continuing. And we, as a, a human being or the civilian, we felt that the money they're getting from oil, maybe sometimes they're getting weapon or some other things with it because there's nothing coming to the civilian or to the people who need help. Even the road is not good. Hospital is not there. Education is not good. Now the question is, where is the money going? The only way we can think, okay, this money, maybe these people are doing it. They are buying maybe gun or whatever. That is what we feel. Thank you for your presentation. It was quite interesting. My question would be, how successful have you been so far in, as you raise this issue and, and create awareness about it, 
in connecting with an organization, a group, a church, uh, who can help that particular community where you were to, uh, you know, begin to provide you with some of the resources needed to uh, create, you know, the schools and so on and so forth. Uh, do you see hope for that, for that uh, situation? Yes, sir. I see there's a hope for it. But, you know, to start thing always, you run on so many things. It is, you go just slowly by slowly, but not first. Uh, I have been contacting some groups and um, doing the same way I'm doing here today, presenting the situation. And uh, what I tell people is that we need support so that we can get something from individuals, from organization, in any way. Maybe voluntary, those people who want to volunteer themselves to help. This is what we need. We are just, we are going. I, I see the hope of it. Yeah, sure. There's a good response from people. If there is, uh, my name is Gordon Campbell. If there is enlightenment to come to the continent of Africa, in my view, it will come uh, on the shoulders of women and grandmothers, especially grandmothers these days of disease. And we are privileged, I think, to have a lady from Africa here, your daughter. And I wondered whether your daughter might feel comfortable in saying a word or two to us. We'd like to honor her to hear from her. If we can, if you would like to, we would like to hear, hear from you. Agnes. Can we welcome her? <laughs> Sorry, I'm kind of too short for this. Um, hi, my name is Agnes Alonio Odera. I'm 18 years old, and I've been living in Canada now for eight years. I'm currently in grade 12, and this is my last year, and I'm hoping to graduate and move on to university to study social work so I can help my dad out with uh, the organization and the things he's doing. My longtime dream and goal is to help the people back home and that's why I'm here today supporting him. With the support of you guys, because I've been living here for eight years, I've never been to, to, to Southern Sudan because I wasn't born there. I was born in Uganda, then lived in Kenya, then moved here when I was nine years old. So when my dad went back home last year and came back with the footages and all the images, it was really unsettling for me because I've never seen that situation before. And for me to see that, it kind of struck me hard that, you know, I have all these privileges here. I can go to school for free. I can go to the doctors when I'm sick. I get water I can just get up in the morning and get water if I want to. But the kids back home who are my age and younger, they can't get any of that. They don't have the tools and they don't have the knowledge. They don't have any of that. And if we can get people to maybe give us support or volunteer or, you know, spread the words around so we can help those who are less fortunate, Maybe we can help that country grow. It doesn't have to be about money. Just talking and raising awareness among us can help us grow, and maybe one day the world will be a better place and we can figure things out right. 
My name's uh, Dwayne Pendergast, Justin. You mentioned uh, global warming. It's been one of my favorite topics for quite a few years. And uh, you know we're prepared to spend trillions to fight uh, global warming. Do you think our priorities might be misplaced? Uh, can you repeat your question again? <laughs> Do, do you think our money might be better spent on uh, helping people like your people rather than uh, uh, undertaking uh, battles to fight global warming that uh, might not happen? Okay. There are some people that believe we should be spending more money on uh, help with health and so on. Okay. I think that is really interesting question. You know, now this stage, the reason why now we are talking about like the drought, flood in Africa and this and that, because of the global warming. And uh, for the global warming, I don't see like we're supposed to leave it or spend money on uh, the people who need the most. Because the global warming, it is general for everybody. We, we people are trying. We need to try to work hard so that to keep this world safe. Because if we did not do something about the global warming, what about our great grandchildren? They are not going to get any place to live. Maybe there will be no human being in a world. It is better to fight for global global warming and to reduce everything down so that our world be safe. And at the same time, if we can get support to the people who are affected as a result of the global warming, it is also good. But the major one we need to fight to, for the global warming, people to work together, because we are the one who created it. It is not created by itself. I don't know if I answer your question. Thank you. My name is Sylvia Campbell, and it's ironic that the wealthy nations, and especially the wealthiest among us, are the ones who are the causes primarily of burning fossil fuels by our, the way we live our lives with so much consumption. And, and it, the poor of the, of the world are the people who are suffering the consequences Maybe what we really need to be looking at is how each one of us consumes. I read an article that talked about the yachts and planes that the very wealthy uh, have and what they, what they consume in the way of, of, of gas or fuels that cause climate change. But all of us are, are involved in this. I don't know whether you, when you first talked, you talked about the good and the bad of the Canadian lifestyle. Would you like to comment a little bit on that? Uh, I don't follow you well. Can you maybe be specific? Well, I, I think Canadians and the, 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 the comforts and, and conveniences that we have are are using fossil fuels to, in order to live this way. We drive cars, 
We're not walking. Uh, and in, in contrast, people in, in your country live a life that does not cause climate change, and yet you suffer from it. Okay. Uh, I did get your question now well. I think the way it is not only Canada, Canadian government. Uh, Canada need to play also a role, like what they are doing now to build like the vehicle which cannot take like a lot of gasoline. They use electric or this and that. That one also reduce all those things. But if Canada only did their part, what about the rest of the world? I think it is good for the Canadian government to take the leadership and to play it to the old the nation that we're supposed to do this together so that the global warming or the people cannot suffer or our world cannot suffer. It is a matter of a leadership for the Canadian government so that we can be in peace happy without any problem of flood, drought, or melting of the ice. I don't know if that... So it's, it, so it's up to Canadians as individuals to put pressure on our government to do more. Yes. My name is Einard Hanyuk. Thank you for your presentation. I have a question. With a number of the countries that, uh, let's say, uh, that countries like Canada try to help out, uh, it's not always in sending people over there to do things, but also sending large amounts of money. Now, how can we be sure that that money will get down to where it is really needed and not taken up by the upper crust in, in, in your country or other countries like that that need it? This is the question I was been waiting for, and I'm really very happy you asked this question. You know, I myself, I don't trust people. Like mostly in Africa, with money, you know, like for example, if we put Sudan, they have oil, and they have some money too. They need to help people down like there are those people in the village and some other places. But they cannot do that. Why? They know the reason themselves. Uh, with this group we created, we need support, not only money. We need people, a volunteer, so that they can see what this group are doing or what we are doing down there. Because to send money only, who doesn't want money? If money goes there, just put in a pocket, maybe do something small. Oh, I did this. Which is not equivalent to the amount of money which it is sent. It is better, like, if we can get a volunteer who can go and maybe build a building or maybe take the material there and supply direct to the people who need than submitting it to the government or any other local organization there. Because if it go like through different routes, at a time when it will reach down to the people who need the most, 
they will get less of it. We are just trying very hard that everything we get from here, it should go direct to the people who need it. Like, for example, let me not take it far away. My daughter here and her siblings, they, at the time when I, I go there last year, they collected about 4,000 pencils and pens. I took it myself, and I did not hand it to the teachers to give it the other morning or the other day. What I did, I said, okay, can you call each and every class to line up and give them all these pencils so that I know that this thing is going to the children who need the most? They receive it like that. It is the same way, like for us, if we have a volunteer, we have a group who can want to support. They will go down there, or maybe if we have the finance, some money. If we need to build like a, a school, okay, we need this thing to be built, but not to hand it on somebody, to somebody so that we think maybe he's going to do it. No, I don't feel that way because money is evil, and I don't trust people down there completely. This is what I can just say. That is why we need both volunteer and any kind of support. I just want to end. Uh, Justin is uh, a friend of mine who I met, and, uh, you know, this is a case of people helping each other because <clears throat> the Acholi people that I met all came here as refugees from the Sudan during the war, and they're actually organizing themselves to help themselves. So this is like the grassroots of the grassroots. Um, and, and you know, we don't get to hear or see this. So I, I'm really, really appreciative that, you know, my friend Justin was able to come and, and give us this, this truth of his reality. So thank you, Justin.